Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat. I'm listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you listen into each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. On this episode, episode 24, I interview a good friend of mine, Topsy Vandenbosch. She is a therapist and business mindset coach for female entrepreneurs, and she is incredible, you guys. Topsy has been one of the best gifts I have received in doing this podcast work. We met and just hit it off, and she is a force of confidence and encouragement, and I could not love her more. Topsy talks about her road to being an entrepreneur. We bond over our early social work experiences, and Topsy has some tales to tell. I loved hearing how she developed her vision and purpose through all of those early experiences. No matter what, she knew that she was meant to impact the lives of her clients in a big way. And because I knew Topsy would have all the wisdom to share, I asked her to give us ways that we can set and keep boundaries in the upcoming holiday season and how we can prepare our mindset going into that season and into the new year. She speaks all the truth and wakes us all up from the patterns we've been living in. I get on a couple of soapboxes. I'm just telling you right now, don't hate on my soapboxes. We all have our things, and if you want to skip right to all the wisdom dropping, I know you're not going to be able to get enough of Topsy's stories and talking, but if you just want to get right to the boundary setting and the mindset coaching, you can forward to 39 minutes-ish. That's when we start talking about those tips. And you'll get a loving but needed dose of truth to take on your holidays. Topsy also named some pretty rad favorite things. You're going to want to stay all the way to the end for those. She talks about her favorite podcasts, of course, her favorite juices, Netflix shows, all the things. You're going to want to follow Topsy on all the social medias. I am going to recommend right now her Instagram stories. Listen to Aunt Andrea. I'm a professional, people. I know what you need in your life, and it's Topsy Vandenbosch in an Instagram story. She is empowering and hilarious and gorgeous and wise, so go follow her. And I know you want a direct link to all the favorite things in the socials. You don't want a 17-level phone tree. You want to dial direct. The show notes are the answer. Find the show notes and dial into all of it. Now, are you ready to take on your holidays with a mindset that aligns with who you are and boundaries that make sense for you? I hope you are, because it's time for my interview with Topsy Vandenbosch. So Topsy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So happy to be here. I'm excited that you're here. I love you to pieces. Oh, I love you too. It's so fun to talk to. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear more about what you do, mm-hmm. what you're moving toward, yes. all those things. Absolutely. And we're going to get to some really good stuff about... Ooh the holiday season and mindset and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. So pumped. Yay. Let's do this, girl. 
So am I getting this right? You call yourself a business mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. Yeah. Did I get much. that? Yeah, okay. for the most part, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> you do lots of things. I do, I do, I do, but that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. the main mm-hmm. kind of gig. Yes. And you're a therapist. Yes, absolutely. Kind of under that umbrella, yep. sort mm-hmm. of. So talk a little bit about your current work mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit about like you kind of how you, yeah. your trajectory of how you got there. Okay. Yeah. Sounds um, good. Yeah. Okay. So um, I am a private practice therapist. Um, mental health mm-hmm. is my specialty um, and I work with um, female female entrepreneurs and career-focused women mm-hmm. who are struggling with depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been in private practice for the past two years. I was able to fill my practice within eight months um, mm-hmm. after being told by many people not to expect very much income in the first two years. And I'm thinking, I don't got time for that. Right. <laughs> I will go back and work for the man mm-hmm. if it takes that because I just I just couldn't see myself sticking it out yeah. for two to three years um, to have a full caseload. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Maybe yeah. that's the millennial in me, but I feel like there's just so much about us millennials that are, we're such go-getters yeah. and um, we just defy the odds and mm-hmm. um, we're determined to make things happen mm-hmm. for ourselves. And can I cuss? Just curious. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I mean, see I an explicit, Of course but... you can. Yes, girl. my space. Hell yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. I felt like I wasn't being the best version of myself. So <laughs> now you're fully, uh, uh, yes. you're fully in yes. it. Yes, I like fully, it. Yes. Okay, girl, you get it. Now I can get real comfortable, y'all. <laughs> this is why I have Topsy on. Now everyone knows. Here it is. I'm so professional. Um, so professional. My parents would be mortified if they heard me say that. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> So I built my practice in eight months, and it was hard, not easy, um, but I was just determined to get, you know, get out there um, and just do the work and defy the odds, and that's what I did, Mm -hmm. Um, and it has been very rewarding. I love, I wasn't always, um, I didn't always niche, I didn't always see the need to niche down Mm -hmm. um, and work with female entrepreneurs and um, career-focused women, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was because of the mentality of a lot of the therapists I I was talking to who were already in the private practice world. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them that I had talked to really knew what it meant to niche. Um, yeah. I kind of felt like there was the stigma against niching that mm-hmm. if you do that, it's like you're eating the same sandwich every day. Yeah. And why would okay. you do that? Yeah. You know, and I get I get where yeah. that can come from, just that monotony and like the boredom that can accompany that. But to me, it was like, yeah, but this is exhausting to work with some individuals that just aren't really um, my type my ideal client yeah. um, and I feel like I'm not doing them I'm doing them a disservice in yeah. working with them because I don't feel fully aligned with um, being able to help them with their specific issue it doesn't light me up yeah. if it doesn't light me up why am I doing it Yeah. so for me it was just kind of it just made sense I just didn't know how to go about it because I think that in the private practice world at least in my experience there are a lot of um, mental health therapists um, social workers I have mm-hmm. a social work background Woo woo. Woo woo. Um, represent. Um, it's a lot of us tree huggers that believe that we're not going into this field to make money, which to me yeah. is absolutely asinine yeah. because we need to be able to pay our bills and 
however thousands of dollars of student loans that we have and I just don't know why we think that our life is a charity so (laughs) I wanted to do good in the world and to provide good but why can't I do that and work with my ideal client and you know make enough to support me and my family and be able to live the life that I want to live like I just don't understand so anyways um I I niched down um at first I was working with any and everybody Mm -hmm. that would walk through my door which I loved that I did that because I that's when I even knew who I felt more aligned with yeah I noticed that I yes I did Mm -hmm. I found my specialty I found the um the you know the the woman that you know, I felt like I could truly help. Mm -hmm. And that was a woman like me Mm -hmm. that maybe had been told you can't do it or this is going to be hard and how are you going to balance all of this? And so Mm -hmm. I really felt called to do that. And so um, I niched down, kind of didn't have any type of input from a lot of people um, because I just didn't really feel like a lot of the private practice therapists that in my world really understood what I was just trying to do. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of did that and it worked. Mm -hmm. Um, It worked. And um, yeah, so that's the story with my private practice. And it's just grown. Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much have a waiting list. So it's kind of hard to get in to see me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that to me, me being um, so specialized, I think it's created also a sense of a lot of people want to work with me Mm -hmm. because I speak directly to what their issues are, Mm -hmm. which I think is so important when you own your own business is who are you serving? Yeah. And, you know, um, where are your talents and skills best used with? Who who are they best used with? So that's the story of that and um, how I got... What were you going to say? I love it. That's all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So how I got to private practice... Mm -hmm. um, I was in my bachelor's, um, in my bachelor's degree, I initially thought, like many of us, I'm sure, that I was going to do business. Mm-hmm. Did not plan on doing social work at all, although oh, really? I was I was a natural born like tree hugger. Like I yeah. loved everyone. Yeah. I was a, my parents called me like a friend of the world. Yeah. Like I just want to help people. I, yes, yeah. I just love people and I want to help people <laughs> and I want to help people in need. Blah blah blah. And um, anyway, I come from an immigrant family. I am a first generation um, Nigerian American, and so uh, my parents instilled in me like hard work mm-hmm. and like having a very hard work ethic, and also that you need to work harder than the person next to you like you just need to you need to prove yourself Mm -hmm. um which was a great work ethic for me to have you know to have been instilled in me um so when I first went to college I thought that I was going to do business and then I learned very quickly in my freshman year that I had you know zero math skills really Mm -hmm. um my math was pretty basic Uh I mean I'm lucky now if I can do a fraction like I am just it's just pitiful girl it's pitiful like I don't need to use any of those skills just the calculator that's all you need there's no need there's no need no need at all no so so anyway yeah I um so I I would fall asleep repeatedly in my Uh algebra class with no shame (laughs) like drooling like the whole and you're like, this might not be this my might calling. Not be, no. Mm-hmm. And I barely passed the class. And uh-huh. then me and my parents had like a come to Jesus meeting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, so business isn't really going to work because <laughs> you yeah, might be able to own your business one day, but you're not going to keep going this route Mm-mm. because you need to advance to other stages of math. And it, that just bored me immensely. Yeah. Like, I barely passed this one. How am I going to? So um, my mom was a social worker. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I I always loved 
um, just her love for people and mm-hmm. um, just wanting to help people. And I thought that was cool. But of course, I was thinking like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be so broke if right. I do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know where I got that from because my parents, we were fine. Yeah. Um, I think it was just that notion of I'm not going to make as much as like, you know, managing other people's like money or like, you right. know, any other type of business career. Mm-hmm. So. Um, my parents were like, well, you're a friend of the world, so what are your thoughts on helping people? And mm-hmm. I was like, sure, mm-hmm. I like to help people, mm-hmm. you know, sign me up. And yep. they're like, what about for a career? And I'm like, ooh, right. okay. <laughs> let me think about this, right? So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I think I can do it. I talked to my mom a bit more, and she was like, I really think it would be a good fit for mm-hmm. who you are. And so I did it. I got my bachelor's in social work and um, loved it. Best experience ever. My internship was trash, but I think that it oh, taught yes. me a lot it all and I feel like it's it's a learning experience always a learning experience like I felt in the way I don't know how other people have felt in their internships but in undergrad like I wish that there was more opportunity for me at that level to have really learned a lot more like there were a lot of people that loved and adored their internships but I just didn't yeah so um but I didn't let that stop me Mm because I'm like this is this doesn't determine the trajectory of my life so Mm -hmm. um graduated and I ended up oh my gosh going straight into grad school Mm -hmm. um because I just don't I don't really like school a ton Mm -hmm. I like it with uh, like I like school because of the prestige of it yeah I like being able to say oh I'm getting my (laughs) I have a master's degree so I'm the smartest person you know, pretty much. And then I ended up getting into the MSW program at State, um, the Advanced Standing Program. So Mm -hmm. I completed my degree in like, I don't know, 11 months. So Mm -hmm. of course I was like riding high on that wave. Like, I just balanced 38 credits in one year. Yes. And it was like perfect, perfect fit. Yes. So I did that. And um, while I was in grad school, I worked for, um, I worked at a residential treatment facility for men Mm -hmm. um, struggling with substance abuse issues. Mm -hmm. And so that taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I was able to do substance abuse counseling, which was so cool. And like kind of case management, I was like Mm -hmm. the relief person because of course I couldn't handle like being on call for anything. So I was pretty much available like, you know, just to like work and go home. Yeah. Um, But I was able to balance all of that and it gave me like, like a, jump on my resume like I think it looked really good Mm -hmm. um and that was like me diving headfirst into um counseling outside of my internship in my master's program Mm -hmm. I was I think I interned at the community mental health Mm -hmm. um in the adult um the adult mental health section Mm -hmm. and they do case for severe to people with um moderate to severe um and persistent um mental health um diagnoses so I did that. I juggled those two things along with coursework. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just heaven. Um, Loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then got done, graduated um, in 11 months, and then I was into the workforce, Mm -hmm. and that was Mm eye-opening. You have paid some dues. You really have. Girlfriend, I've paid all the dues. I have paid the membership dues, (laughs) the tithes, and offerings. You You really have. I mean, just talking about your, like, work history stressed me out. When oh, we met. oh <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Like, now I just got a slight headache. Yeah, when I think you worked about in it. the where? With the who? who? With the what? what? <laughs> <And> the... <laughs> and I think as social workers, like, people that are listening, there's got to be a few social mm-hmm. workers that listen to this podcast. Um, I mean, they, they know. It's right. just, like, 
I think we have this mindset that I think is cool that you don't have this mindset. Mm. That, like, this is where I started out in my work. Oh. And this is where I have to stay. Like, Holy for moly, some people reason, think that? I think so. Don't you think social workers I are just, I do see like, that, like, very much in there. I just stay here. And I'm, yeah, I started in I substance abuse, that. so I stay they, in substance abuse. I have seen that. And I never understood it. No, I think it's, like, we... If we're feeling just a little bit punished, like we feel like we're in the right spot. <laughs> Agree. You know? Yeah. Like if it's just a little bit hard and sad, <laughs> then we're probably doing our best, best work. work. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And so if you cannot pay us, that would be also <laughs> ideal. You know? <laughs> because then it strokes my ego yeah. and it lets me know that I am doing the we're, hard work. That's right. We're on the front line. Wow. Yeah. You know what? So we're almost kind of like a glutton for punishment. Yes. Because you That's go so in like, sad. I just want to help people. Right. And then it feels hard. Right. It does. And then you're like, well, this must be what it feels like to right. help people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh gosh, it's it doesn't, so, and it doesn't have to be that way. It just way. doesn't. No. no. Yeah. But I didn't learn that that quickly. No. Like I think because I wanted to experience to, all the things. You had to go right into yes, the prison. Yes, I did. Work. I, oh yeah. Well, girl, it got even better. So before I even got to the prison, so I graduated with my master's, and I was feeling adventurous. Mm-hmm. I was living at home, living the dream. Right, sure. living the dream, sure. living at home, like no rent. Although my parents had threatened me paying like mm-hmm. for groceries, and I was like, I'm moving out. This is ridiculous this is unfair whose parents do this i should be able to live here rent free I mean, no stress of course i was like appalled i remember that it's so funny now because i understand the logic of it they wanted yeah. to teach me responsibility because mm-hmm. i was like living just like the fruits of their labor you yeah. know just totally absorbing it and wanting more you yeah, know so sure. i was basically a leech so <laughs> And they're like, it's time yes. for you to go. Yes. And they're like, either go or you pay. Like, you know. And they were very kind about it. I mean, nurturing. So I applied for all types of jobs. And um, I fantastically landed on a job in Flint, Michigan. And I was like, this sounds it. like a wonderful idea. Now, mind you, the community, I do feel like the community is wonderful. It was great. I yeah. mean, like nothing nothing bad to say in terms of that. But the safety part of what I was doing was not great. Very, tra- <laughs> very traumatic. Um, I worked with people who had, um, oh my gosh, the Assertive Community Treatment Program. Were you doing a home visit, girl? Oh, I, girl, I, did, I did all the home <laughs> visits. <laughs> I was in the just with psych nothing. hospital with no training. No, 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 nothing, 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 just nothing. Go knock on that yes. door. Yes, go knock on that door. Make sure this person is able to receive their medications in a timely fashion because yeah. they have to take it and by if this you time. Could go alone. That would be ideal. Yes, yes, and, yes. And so I was alone, and so <laughs> it was like this whole different world of whoa. I'm really on the front lines here. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you do that, especially when there's just there's so much beauty in Flint, but there yeah. was also this like, you know, this dichotomy of um, there is there is poverty. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like any other city, but Flint is just plagued with different issues. And so that was really difficult to navigate because I really enjoyed the work I was doing, but the agency just didn't provide the support that we needed. And yeah. I remember I had a gun pulled on me and that was traumatic. Oh my gosh. Yes. Did, did I tell you about that? No. Oh yeah, girl. <laughs> We did not cover this. Yes, girl. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. And um, true to Topsy fashion, mm-hmm. I um, zipped out of there. My client was inside. Now, this is not one of my proudest moments <laughs> of my career. Okay. <laughs> had a gun Had a gun pulled on me. My client. Um, well, what happened was that there was um, 
what, what was going on? Oh, no, no, no. That's a different story. So what happened, what happened was um, there was a string of like B&Es being done on the street because mm-hmm. there were a lot of abandoned homes mm-hmm. on the streets I would go and do home visits on. And there were these guys going from bush to bush and um, they had on black and it was middle of the day at noon and I was sitting in my client's parking lot. My client wasn't home and I was mm-hmm. logging what time I got there and I look up and there's like this gun like two houses down these guys like because i guess they thought that i was like a witness or something that's what i guess i don't oh know oh i heard a ringing in my ears so in my head i was like oh the gun went off i got shot <laughs> and so i i like reverse out of that parking lot like a bat out of hell i probably did 70 through the city of flint yes. back to my office and it was horrific after that because i received no support no. Very much got treated like I was just being dramatic. Oh my gosh. And they're like in the, you know, at that time, um this was this was in 2000 and uh 2011. So mm-hmm. um at that time um the police and I'm sure um I don't know if a whole lot has changed but mm-hmm. at that time, there were some issues going on with the police force. And so mm-hmm. you could pretty much not expect a police person to come and, you know, sure. in a timely fashion. So there just weren't enough police officers police in the city. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I didn't bother. Do, wait, I don't think, yeah, I didn't bother doing a police report. Or maybe I did. I don't even remember. But I just remember not receiving hardly any support yeah i tried to go home the rest of the day because i think that's a valid reason to go home yeah i was i was traumatized i would say yeah yeah no that didn't happen because they were concerned that the other clients for the rest of the day who was going to cover them who was going to bring them their medication and i'm like okay guess i'm staying here um i knew i was going to quit so i knew that because i was thinking "Uh uh-uh like Mm -hmm. you didn't mess with the wrong girl because this is wrong this is like morally and just fundamentally wrong to treat your workers this way so i ended up going home um no i ended up not going home and saw clients the rest of the day that was terrible and then i went home and cried because i just had no time i had all this adrenaline and then um i sat and talked with my supervisor and she was kind of like you can go home now but then these clients won't receive their medication so it was kind of yeah. A crap yeah. decision. You don't really have a choice. You don't really have a yeah. choice. So if I would have went home, I'm sure I probably would have been looked at or written up or something. Yeah. So it was kind of like, all right, I guess I'll go see these clients after yeah. a gun got pulled on me. Wonderful. So yeah, so that was the rest of the day. So I just kind of uh-huh. had to get through the rest of the day. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I called my parents that night and they were just they were just livid and so we started like making a plan for me getting out of there they were fully supportive i would go home and live with them which was wonderful (laughs) and i'm thinking yes like i get to go yes yes back to mom and dad's house wonderful i had their full support they wanted me out of there as soon as i could um as soon as i found a job or whatever Mm -hmm. um had good prospects at least Uh uh-huh um so yeah and i just remember being treated like i was just a drama queen oh it was terrible it was terrible what i love about this story though is that it I think a lot of people would not have had the Mm -hmm. reaction of like I'm not the one that's wrong in this it's Mm -hmm. not me that handled this poorly right it's um it's what's around me that's making this a traumatic situation I think a lot of people would not 
have that. And I think it just mm-hmm. speaks to, even back then, mm-hmm. your calling was like, oh, yeah. it was in there. It mm-hmm. was cooking. It was. Because you know how to switch the situation mm-hmm. to... Like, this is not some fundamental issue inside me. This is the environment. And I need to get my head right to make myself okay and keep going on the path I know I'm meant to go on. Like, that's that's a superpower. Is it? I I guess I just, for me, it was just kind of like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I think a lot of people need to hear is like, uh, like, it's not... You don't need to be treated that way. Like, wake yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know? I guess. And they need you to come into their life and be like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that perspective right. because to me it was just like. It just I, comes natural. It just came natural. Yes. Like, and I'm sassy. I don't right. know if you can tell, but I am sassy as hell. Like, I'm so sassy. So I just remember the days after that, I already knew I was leaving. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like the culture. I remember the, the president of that agency calling me because she had heard grumblings that I was going to be out of there because I was mm-hmm. not making that a secret in staff meetings because we had <laughs> we had staff no. meetings like every day pretty much of the week sure. and so um yeah just about like what part of town we would have to go to to deliver me- medications to who yeah. and um so I did a lot of the case management on the ground front lines work and I really value it I don't mm-hmm. want to take away from that like I think it's amazing work you work so hard mm-hmm. for not a ton of money all the time most of the time the funding just isn't there unless Mm -hmm. you've been there for quite some time so I fully respect that work but did not respect the policies that be and just the culture and so I do remember getting a call from the president at the time like what can I do to make you stay Mm -hmm. and I was like nothing nope nothing you can do you guys have already the day that the day that that you know incident happened you guys messed up yeah so I mean unless you can turn back time yeah there's not a whole lot you can do. I'm going to be out of here. So, yeah. um, and I will be just like, no, nah, I didn't have any vacation. Oh, that part was crazy. So I had only been there. I think I'd only been there when that happened, like five months or mm-hmm. something. I don't even remember, but so five months I had been there and I didn't have, um, I had a count on my fingers. So there is my math skills for you. <laughs> um, anyways, <laughs> so. we don't need math. We're social workers. It's fine. <laughs> No stuff. math needed. Nope. Um, and for the record, in um, undergrad, I blame undergrad because I only had to take one math class. The class that I almost failed, I got a D minus in it. That's all I needed. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> check, check, check that off. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm. So I only had gotten like, I don't know, six days of off time at the time. Mm-hmm. And you had to hit one year in order to have like 12, maybe, like oh, double. Gosh. Oh, it was. So I was like, no, I'm just not going to come to work. I'm just going to call in. And I do not care if I get it unpaid. Um, I worked in residential treatment for about almost three years Mm -hmm. working with teens. Mm -hmm. um, And that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I got to do family therapy and individual therapy with them. And I was actually the person that helped create, assisted in creating the... um, 30, 60, and 90-day inpatient residential um, substance abuse program for the teens. Mm -hmm. So that was cool because Mm -hmm. I got to develop, um, I got to assist in developing a program that didn't previously exist before I was hired. So that was like... Such good experience. That was such good experience. And I just learned so much and I got to like testify in like juvenile court. And that was just like, you know, you want to talk about confidence boosting and just like being able to be like mentored and listened to and heard yeah. it was just i don't know invaluable yeah so 
yeah, I did that work. And then um, somewhere during that time, I met my lovely husband and he whisked me away <laughs> to this side of the state. I also had a lot of jobs on the side. So, you know, social workers, um, hashtag hustle all the time. <laughs> so I always had some type of side gig, even uh-huh. if I didn't need to. I just mm-hmm. loved gathering experience in different areas. So mm-hmm. on the side, I did ER social work. Um, yeah. That was wonderful. Loved that. Yeah. Um I worked in, oh my gosh, I did triage at like a community mental health, like um, emergency services for adults and kids. Mm -hmm. So that was great. Um, So I got lots of other good experiences. And then, um, yeah, I moved to uh, this wonderful West Michigan. Um, Very, very Dutch. And I love it. (laughs) Very different culture. Do you love it? You know, you, I think I'm now. actually no. Now I'm growing to love it. Okay. Now that I'm connecting with people, I never knew that that was the key. Yeah, it, I'm. Yeah, yes. I never because you know if you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said, um, "I cannot wait to move." Yeah, this is awful. Yeah, um, but I don't feel that way anymore. Well, so that's good. And you know, I'm from here, but I'm very honest about you are honest how. It has a lot of challenges, which yes. I'm sure every place does. No, but right, It right, does right. just feel like there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, things, just challenge just after challenge. challenge. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not yes. always the most welcoming no, place. It's not for every. Person. No, it's not. No. It's not. Not for people of color. No, you know, um, not if you identify as being in the LGBTQI. A, yep. I think you know community. Um, so I do. I do feel like there are a lot of challenges here in West Michigan. But since I started connecting with people mm-hmm. from social media, off mm-hmm. of social media, mm-hmm. I took those relationships off. I have really started to enjoy mm-hmm. West Michigan a lot more. I mean, outside of my private practice and my family life, like I really felt disconnected. Yeah. For a while, for a long while, actually. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it gets so weird here. It's, yeah. Twilight Zone. There's a lot of small-mindedness mm-hmm. and um, not a lot of diversity. I was sick of being like the one people would look at and yes. like meetings or anything community-wise. Like, yeah. where is she coming from? Is she from Muskegon? I had so many people that thought that I was from, from Muskegon, and it was terrible. Such a terrible thing. So it's like, first of all, yeah. what the hell does that even mean? Right. What does that right. mean? Have you ever been to Muskegon? Have you ever- yeah. Do you even know what you're talking Question about? Question one, and then I have twenty more questions. Twenty more. Yes. So to me, that was infuriating because yeah. I'm like, we are all people. Like, that's so shitty that there's like, I don't know, like this like, I'm better than you situation mm-hmm. going on. And I really just didn't appreciate it, you know. Yeah. So now that I've connected with people that I do appreciate and mm-hmm. that I do like, it's been like a changing experience. So I want to encourage all of you guys to get out there and connect with people, even if it might feel uncomfortable. I yes. promise you, you just feel so much more. You feel like you have a network of friends yeah. that live, you know, all over like you just do. Yeah. I don't know. I think that it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I think people we met through the same GR Boss Babes yeah. group. Um, and just recently, I've been really intentional, and I know you are mm-hmm. always intentional about. Um, <laughs> I was I just, always intentional. I just though, started girl. a minute ago, <laughs> but, but women friends always say to me, "It's so hard to meet people when you're an adult," which is true. Yes, but I think I mean I did almost nothing to like reach one little pinky so step right. yeah. out of my immediate circle, right. and I've met so many cool people, and it does right. just give you a. Um, renewed sense mm-hmm. of like there's so much happening there's yes. so many cool people yeah right here right and you wouldn't and even no i would have never known and you, you just yeah. get real like grouchy about like i can't meet anybody right <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and you just have to try just a just a teens. Right. Just and a little there. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one hundred percent agree. I um and I think too, I do think, um, no matter who you are, there is like this like normal normalized to me like social anxiety. Yeah. And I think people just don't want to experience it. Yeah. And I would just say, feel all the feels. Yeah. Yes. Go there anxious. Go there anxious and your anxiety will prove you wrong. And in fact, I would actually say Maybe you could even say to the person, I have never done this before. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Yes. You don't have to tell them that you're a big ball of. Right. <laughs> you're a big ball don't of nervousness. Keep myself a little on the way in. <laughs> don't start there. Don't start there. Don't tell them you peed a little. But no. <laughs> no. But yeah, like I do think it's like you just normalize it. Like yeah. it's not, it's not going to be comfortable all the time. Now yes. you might meet some gems. Yep. Who are just easy to talk to and like, because I felt like when I met you, it was just easy. Yeah. Like I didn't feel, I didn't feel like there were any like barriers we had. And yeah. probably because we had virtually met. Yeah. Already. So I felt like, I already felt comfortable yeah. talking to you. It was just taking that conversation offline to in person. Right. So yeah, like you guys just like go out there and like meet people. And as an adult, yes, it can be difficult making friends, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is that we don't want to put ourselves out there. Yeah. I we think want it to so come true. easy. Yes. Yeah, you want someone to just walk up to your living yes. room and yeah. yeah, make it magic. Make it doesn't it happen magic. that way. It does not happen. So we've been kind of around the moon and back. Yes. But I want to get to um, some things that I prepped you with. I was like, you know what I'm going to have her talk about? And I don't normally do this, but I was like, Tessie has so many good. Oh, you're sweet. Just little gems of wisdom mm-hmm. that you're constantly dropping all over the place. So with the holidays mm-hmm. approaching... Um, that is a challenging time. It, it can be super fun and amazing. Mm-hmm. Are you a Christmas holiday loving person? I am. I, I am. am too. I don't know if you saw my um, Instagram story. I reposted um, this girl named Lynette's um, story where she like pushed the pumpkin out of the way. Mm-hmm. And in this place, like it was like to holiday music. It was hilarious. Oh. <laughs> she like pushed the pumpkin out of the way and like put a Christmas tree. <laughs> like right. move over Halloween. <laughs> and like that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> We're ready. You're ready. Yes. I'm such a holiday person. I do love the holidays. There's just something about like family and like the music. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. It seems like you have a really awesome family. And of course, lots of people don't. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole complicated mess of a thing. 100%. And I hear people tell me all the time, um, like, oh, we have to do this gathering or we have to go to this thing. And in my head, not in my professional life, of course. Oh. I would say it nicer. Oh, for but sure. But in my head, I'm just like, no, you don't. No. No, you don't. You yes. don't have to do that. You could make it different. You can. Yes. So talk to me about ways that we can shift our mindset mm-hmm. in preparation for this whole season. Yes. To make it what we want it to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I am um, a mindset business coach for female entrepreneurs. That's a, that's a second half of my business. And in that business, I um, I help um, female entrepreneurs. Um, I help them overcome the fears and anxieties, limiting beliefs, negative thought patterns that are affecting them from like really going big in their business and living their best life. So with that being said, I just wanted to give you guys like a context yeah. of... Because people um, might not know. No, yeah, and they definitely yeah. don't know what that means. No, for sure. And I think it's such still like a newer thing yeah um but yeah um i think in this era where there's lots of coaches 
everyone and their mom becoming a coach, which I do think is a beautiful thing yeah. because I think we need diversity in that way. Yeah. People who can address different issues, who have been through different things that can help people walk through, um, walk through with them like, hey, this is what worked for me. Yeah. This is what I can help you with. So with me, yeah. Before we get into that, yes. sorry, I'm totally no, you're, interrupting. you're good. So explain to the people, yes. the people listening, yeah. um, the difference between a therapist and a coach. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so traditionally, um, therapists, when you are working with a therapist, they may be most therapists for insurance purposes. And maybe mm-hmm. if they don't work with insurance, they um, might be diagnosing you with some type of like clinical disorder. Doesn't need to be severe. Doesn't need to be um, anything, you know, crazy. Doesn't mean that you're crazy, but it's just so they can better help you. Yeah. Um, and mind you, maybe some therapists just don't subscribe to that. But um, in that way, your symptoms of whatever it is that you're experiencing are just causing a lot of disruption in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that might be. So whether it's like, you know, maybe something like, you know, extreme depression, maybe you find it difficult to go to work, interact with family, make friends. So there are, um, there's a diagnosis and there's symptoms for the most part. Okay. Um, And so that is what a therapist's role is. And then they just help guide you through that. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's working through past traumas. Maybe that's working through, you know, current things that are going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it comes back down to there are there's a symptoms and there's a source and so they're working from that angle. Yep. Um, they also use like the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. So that's where all of those disorders and all of the um, you know all the factors that have caused that disorder. That's where that's like put in that book. Yeah. So then and then of course if they work with insurance companies they have to have that on file. They have to have goals and objectives that treat those symptoms. So it's just very. Um, it's just very um, methodical and it's yeah. just very much um, there's like order yeah there's order Structured, to it there's structure the and order thing, yeah. yep so you work with that therapist on your goals that ultimately are supposed to reduce those um, the effect of those symptoms and how it's affecting every facet of your life mm-hmm. now when you're working with a coach you're not working with a coach in regards to working on reducing those symptoms to a diagnosis this is more so general it's not affecting all areas of your life at all you probably would not meet criteria for any type of Mm -hmm. um, therapeutic intervention Uh so the coach is assuming that you are already you're i mean you're well and you're doing great yeah maybe you're just struggling with just money mindset and like issues regarding spending and it's really holding you back from your business maybe you just struggle with like the normal like self-esteem stuff but it's not affecting you being able to go to work and be able to function and so coaches really work from that that uh, perspective of we're just collaborating together yeah it's a collaboration there isn't this hierarchy that there can be Mm -hmm. in therapy I think as a therapist I think I work really hard to try and minimize that hierarchical feeling Mm -hmm. where they feel like I'm the expert of their life and I just really make it about them yeah but on, you know, when it comes to diagnosing and insurance and right. doing treatment plans, unfortunately, it does come across like I am the expert yeah. and you are the client. Where yeah. in coaching, it's more collaborative. Yeah. Where okay. they are colleagues. Yes. Um, they sometimes become friends. It's yeah. very professional in that way where yeah. you're just helping them improve their business um, or whatever specific area that they've identified, but that they you're working with them, hoping that they're addressing their other issues that are more intense with somebody else. Yeah. So a coach really isn't going to help you work through past traumas. Yeah. They, I mean, at least from my perspective, I don't think that's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> they help, could refer you they to could do refer that you, with a therapist. Yes, they refer you to... And I'm not going to say that there aren't coaches who don't understand how you need to be careful 
yeah. with when you're working with people about things that you've already overcame. Um, mm-hmm. I do think a lot of biases can come out. Yeah. So with what I do, I help um, female entrepreneurs. Because I have this background as a trained clinician, I'm able to use a lot of those skills in the coaching realm because it it does involve being able to relate to people and having empathy and understanding communication cues and Mm -hmm. like how to interact with people in general Mm -hmm. um so and because i know how to run a business and i have a successful business that also qualifies me to do this work so i help entrepreneurs with their mindset and people who would would miss out on working with me on, on a therapeutic level yeah because their anxiety does not reach that level yeah so I hope yeah. that makes sense. Totally. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And I think that will be much more understandable to people. In and even if they're even if they're like seeking yeah uh, help in some for way. Sure, like for what sure. do I? Yeah. You, I do feel like there's a coach like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. They're everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yes. It's hard for people to figure out like what would be the best fit for whatever 100%. I have going on in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. And I do think in working with a coach just really quick because mm-hmm. this this is shit that I just feel like needs to be said. I think just making sure that you look at who they are, what are their credentials? Not that that's everything, but I do think there is something to be said of working with somebody that has integrity mm-hmm. and is upheld to some standards because I do see a lot of just unethical things happening where I am not by any means like this rule mongrel person that's just gonna, you know, you're doing things wrong. No, I think it's just about having, you have an ethical responsibility whenever you're working with another human in their life yes. to make sure that you are just be, you're in integrity. Yes. You're in alignment. You're doing things that are just professional and yes. you're not overcharging and you're also not undercharging. And there's just this whole gamut of stuff that, and are you really qualified to be doing what you're doing? Yes. You know, and it doesn't mean that you need to go back and get a certification, but what otherwise, you know, outside of maybe you, you know, working through your anxiety as as far as two weeks ago, not to say that that's what's happening all the time, but I do yeah. think there is this, you know, um, thing about, hey, I've been eating healthy for the last four months. I'm going to teach other people how to do the same. Yes. yes. <sighs> like, oh. I think it needs to be said. Yeah. I think you need to really feel comfortable with the work you've done. You know, what work have you done? Have you worked with a therapist about this stuff? Have you Mm -hmm. have you yourself invested in a coach? My God, like I have this huge issue with people charging things that they would not pay somebody else. Yes. It's bullshit. Yeah. And it needs to stop happening. So, yes, you probably will hear stories of people being taken advantage of at times. But just like that, there are other people who would never, ever dream of being like like operating that way yeah. in their business yeah if you you're not to do your homework you like gotta do your other... homework like any other profession yeah do your homework yeah. and just make sure that you feel comfortable with that person and what results that they can get you yes. so that's my spiel on oh that i'm sorry i'm like unwinding oh, my dog from my chair <laughs> just this might get edited out it might not oh my god that was hard that felt hard oh my god okay Yeah, so so that's my spiel on that. Okay. Um, I hope you guys found that somewhat helpful because I think that people have a lot of questions about it and they don't know who to ask. Absolutely. Your girl's going to keep it all the way real. Truth. (laughs) Truth from the topsy right here. Yes. All right. So we were talking about mindset tips going into the holiday season. So hit me mm-hmm. with what you Yes. Have. So this is for my entrepreneurial, I mean, more so entrepreneurial women that are listening, ones that maybe have side hustles even. Yeah. Um, 
you know, whatever. Um, I think that it's important when you go into the holidays um, to have a mindset of abundance um, because businesses can get slow. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. That can be, that's a lot of businesses slow seasons, right? It's the holidays and so people start to freak out and you start to feel like, oh my gosh, am I going to hit my income goals, my revenue goals this month? And I have lots of inventory still left over. And I think it's just important to know that you are taken care of no matter what. And I think that that's something a lot of people lack, especially in business. Like, are your, you know, do you have, you know, when have you, what's the evidence for what it is that you're afraid of? Yes. Have you ever been homeless? Yeah. You know, have you ever had to go to the food pantry? And even if you have, you made it. Yeah. You know, you made it because you're here in this position right now. So, yeah, like things might get a little dicey, Mm -hmm. but you will be okay. So I think it's just important to have this mindset of abundance and no matter what, like I am always taken care of. I have food. I have clothing. I have access to shelter. Yeah. I will make it. Yeah. I have skills. I have support. I have skills. I have support. All of that. So I think it's important as a business owner to just not get super caught up in all the things when it comes to the holidays and feel like oh my gosh like I'm gonna lose business I'm gonna lose momentum and you know what like the seasons change seasons change and things you know leaves turn over and just things leaves get raked (laughs) yeah you know in some people's yards some people yard not everybody's So like seasons change. So I think it's just important to just embrace the season as much as you can and to not live in that constant, to to do your best, to not live in that constant fear of what if I can't make it? What if this happens? I think that that happens to a lot of businesses um, as the holidays approach. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so then my second one... I think that it's important that in the in this, especially when seasons change, especially as we're going into the holidays, that um, things slow down mm-hmm. just in general. You know, I think that it's important to recognize that a lot of us instinctively go into hibernation. Yeah. We want to be in our house. We want to be cozy. Yeah. We want to watch holiday movies, maybe. Maybe yeah. watch the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I mean, good to you. Yes. <laughs> And so, I mean, I know for me, I want to watch all the things, all, all the things Christmassy. Give it to me. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to recognize that you don't have to match the flow of other people. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to feel pressured and to feel like, well, what am I doing? Yeah. All I'm doing is just sitting around with my kids. If you have kids, you know, eating like, you know, popcorn and just like enjoying time. But you might feel like I need to be doing something. Yeah. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And I think just like embracing that slow season is that yeah. you need that, especially for the seasons that you're going to have that are going to be hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes. Let's get this money. Yes. <laughs> no matter who you are, no matter what, you know, um, lane of work, line of work. you yeah. do. I think it's important to recognize that you don't have to match the hustle and flow yeah. of everything else around you. Yeah. If that is your like if the, if that's your if that's your bag, just like hanging out with your kids, watching movies, you know, yeah. going to Hobby Lobby for fun. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think that sometimes people feel unnecessarily pressured. Yeah. To just have things to do. Yeah. And absolutely. you don't you don't have or like to do hand make everything or take yes. all the photos of all the things or yes. send the holiday cards to every person you they've ever have, known. Or you don't gotta whatever. do that. No, you don't have to. No, you don't have that's and people like my will be okay. theme song of the holiday season. Yes. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't and have to. It will. You don't have to. <laughs> I love it. It's a hit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I never send holiday cards. I don't no, know no, if they no. do. No, I don't, girl. Uh-uh. No. I don't got time for that shit. I cannot. No. First of all, I don't have anyone's address. Who has and addresses? Who, who does that? Oh, I have this really good company. Hey, guys, I'm going to plug this company, even though I've never used them, but I've, I've been on their website, seen a lot of cool stuff. It's called Punk Post. What they have solved that problem, girl. They have solved that problem. What they do is they have a team of freelance um, graphic designers and hand letterers, I believe. I don't want to misspeak. It might be hand letterers. I don't know all that lingo. (laughs) I don't know all that lingo, girl. Whatever you're calling yourself, I respect it. (laughs) Punk post. So what they do is that they design it for you the card uh-huh. and it's like you know like they design it for you uh-huh. and so there is that personal touch mm-hmm. and then they mail it for you like the, like i believe that yeah you can just design it online or yeah. they there's something to do with the online space uh-huh. and then they just like mail it for you. so you don't have to go to the post office that's brilliant so it's just huge yeah it's just huge because you can still send someone like a personalized card yeah it's not via email right <laughs> That's what I would do. I, oh, for sure. And I think that email's <laughs> fine. That's what I would do. But this is like so much more personalized. Yeah. I like anyway, that. throw that out there. I'll link to it. Yes. Punk post. Mm-hmm. Um, Sponsor me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Girl, get that money. I'm telling you. <laughs> Your podcast is amazing. <laughs> and then the third mindset tip I have for you guys is it is okay to not buy all of the things. Yes. Um, and who said and dictated that holidays were about gifts? Right. I think that we have created that monster. I think that it's bullshit. Yes. I'm so happy I can say that. Yeah, that feels it feels so better. Good. Oh, it just feels yes. better. Like I could have said, like it's bullcrap, yeah. but it just doesn't sound as good. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's, it's nonsense. Like no, it's bullshit. It's it straight is. up bullshit. And I think you know if it's not in your budget and it gives you a headache, don't do it. And there's just no need to buy Uncle Sam, Pam, and Dan no. like all of these gifts. And these are grown ass with people. <laughs> they are grown as hell. They will yes. be okay yes. without a gift. Yes. And I think it's just living with, you know, just living within your means and yes. your budget. I think I see a lot of people like, well, this side of the family always gives our side of the family like all these gifts. So we have to do it in return. You can tell them, give a disclaimer. Yeah. Give a right. disclaimer. Nope. But well, we ain't, it ain't in the budget. Nope. <laughs> No, I think that is just crazy. And that actually becomes a source of more stress going into the holiday season because you're like, I'm going to spend $2,000 on all these gifts for these grown ass people. I'm buying so-and-so, what's it called? Northwest coat? What's it called? North Face. (laughs) North Face. Yeah, I haven't bought one either. (laughs) But I do know the North Face. North Face. I think I have one North Face jacket and it's like soft, but... I just don't really understand no. all of the hype. So yeah, like I feel like there's just pressure in going to the holiday season, getting this, and you don't even like them people like that. No. So you're getting all these people and their kids gifts. No, let the parents be responsible for their for their kids gifts. You yes. th- that take yourself out of the equation. Now, if you love to do it and yes. you do it from a place of truly wanting to and it doesn't stress you out and it's not a financial burden then keep doing it sister yes. like keep doing you but if this is bringing you stress cut it out cut yeah. it out not yeah. that deep and you'll survive it you will survive and they, they might look at you as being cheap but no you just have your priority straight yes. you don't want to be buying these grown ass adults these adults these ki- these gifts like they're kids yes. they're not kids they're not your kids not no. your responsibility no and around here, it's like there's a lot of pressure to get gifts for, like, the... I'm sorry. This is going to sound... <laughs> it just needs to be said. 
There's a lot of pressure to get gifts for like every adult person that touches your child's life in any way. Oh my god! So like I the can't even handle it. Secretary and that we don't have bus drivers, but right. like the, nope, nope. the person and the thing and the assistant to the assistant of the room helper and the whatever who's he what's it and the choir and the art and the I can't. They would be no. they begin to wave. For they me. Would, like, a wave and maybe a I, church hug. You know, church hug where it's like with the pat on the back. <laughs> The awkward yes. half <laughs> hug with the pat on the back. They begin yes. a church hug for me and keeping it moving. Strong and a strong happy holidays. Yeah, a strong happy holidays. Yes. <laughs> to you and yours. Yes. But maybe a little diddly. Maybe a little song. Maybe. <laughs> that's it. That's it. No, I think that's so true. Why do people feel pressured to do that? I don't know, you don't owe them. That's what they're supposed to do. That's right. their job. Is. Oh my gosh, see, you're just like my spirit guide. Like, why are we doing that? They're supposed to protect your kids. They're supposed to, that's their job description. If they ain't doing it, they don't need to be working there. Right? I don't know, but that's just, I understand showing your token of appreciation if you truly feel led to. That's the thing. But just because, if it's life-giving to give gifts to everybody and their neighbor and their mother, awesome. Knock yourself out. Do it. Yes. But then it gets hard when it's people are just like, I'm so tired because I made 72,000 handmade soaps or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's well, then control. don't do it. Right. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Especially it's, if you're going to complain about it. Right. Because that ain't cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. It's not cute. It doesn't suit you. It doesn't. It no. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is I the can't. most fun. Oh, it's so fun. Ooh, okay. Love it. All right. So we are also going to talk about... You've shifted your mindset. Yes. You're ready to go yes. into the holidays. <laughs> we also need, this is the next thing that gets me going, gets me on my soapbox. Uh-huh. Boundaries. Uh-huh. People, Boundaries. Some people hate that word. Do they really? Oh, I think, I think because I think that a lot of people who don't know what the hell they're talking about are talking about people setting boundaries on social media. So people are like, wait, what? Right. What does that even mean? Yeah. No, I don't want, that seems mean to me. You know, and it's no. not. No, and I think it needs to be explained in a way that makes sense for the person. Yes, because every every boundary setting thing isn't gonna necessarily work for you the same way. Yeah, the way you set boundaries with you know Felicia is gonna be different how you set boundaries with Sarah. Yes, it's just gonna look different. So it doesn't mean at all. But some one person you might have to be super firm, super direct with the yes. other person. It might just be mm, you know what I'm not answering her phone call today. Yeah, I was busy. Yes. You don't have to make it this big thing. No. Just set your own boundaries, but only you might know it. Yes. She just knows she can't reach you. Yeah, right. <laughs> she has been hard to get a hold, hold of. <laughs> and you're like, yes, yes, over yes here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's not mean-spirited. No, It is no. not coming from a place of hate. If it is, no. then that's a whole, whole other part. Right, exactly, issue. yeah. Don't but, be passive-aggressive, y'all. That ain't cute either. No. Passive aggression is not cute. No, we're going to have to have Topsy back on. Yes. For a couple other discussions. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so. I got uh, a lot to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so boundary setting. Yes. Also in this season, mm-hmm. what do you have for us? So I think you guys get my flow. You guys get my vibe. So I think you guys are picking up what I'm putting down. And it's don't spend time or spend limited time with people who drain you. Yes. You are not entitled to do it just because it's family. Oh my gosh. 
I need that, that like on a pillow and a t-shirt and a pen and a girl, notepad. Girl, you are not entitled to no. do that. No. And who said so? Because at the end of the day, these are just people. Just they, people. they are your family. They are your blood. And I do think there is something special about what connects you. But that could be it. Yeah. That could be where it ends. Yes. And that's also okay. Yes. And the reason why I say that is because um, I actually have a really big extended family. Mm-hmm. But my whole life, it's just been me and my nuclear family. Mm-hmm. My mom, my dad, and my sisters, that's it. And that's because my parents taught me early on. Because if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I would have learned this lesson, to be mm-hmm. honest. Because I don't think everybody see, see a lot of people don't see that example set yes. for them. Of yes. how to effectively, to the best of your ability, set boundaries with toxic people. Yes. And I don't think everybody in my extended family is toxic. But there's a lot of people that I've never met. Yeah. that will never come to my house mm-hmm. that have never came to my house that were not invited to America cuz a yeah. lot of them a lot of them do live in West Africa they live in Nigeria so mm-hmm. there's a lot of boundary setting my parents put in place from when I was like a baby and I'm the firstborn and the firstborn of 3 and yeah. so I think that really showed me a lot about what it means to be family yeah. and so my my parents friends have become family yes my friends have become like family yeah so to me that became what i saw as it family doesn't always have to be your immediate family do i think it's beautiful when people are able to uh, you know hang out with your cousin so and so or your yeah. whatever you know aunt or whatever i think that's beautiful and i wish that i would have had more of that yeah however i do feel like it was for a reason that my parents were like nope Mm-hmm. Nope, you're not coming near our kids. You're not going to be hanging around our family because they yeah. violated boundaries. Yes. So I think that it's important to recognize that if you are struggling with certain family members and it's toxic to be around them and it drains you, I'm gonna I'm giving you the permission. You don't have to be around them. Yes. They don't need to be a part of your space because your space is so sacred. Yeah. Um. I just think I just think it's just important to to cut them, cut them off. You know, it doesn't need to be mean, doesn't need yeah. to be this whole thing, but you don't need to be around them, period. Um, yeah. And I think that it's important for people to know that it doesn't make you a bad person yes. if you don't want to associate with some family members. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of people start to really dread holiday season. Not everybody looks forward to yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And I think you, like you said, if you have kids, like your parents did, yeah. setting that example of yeah. you don't have to yep. spend a thousand hours with right. great aunt, whoever, right. that actually like demeans you and always has or something like and that. And always got something negative to say about what oh. you got going on. Because there's some negative Nancys that can be in your family who yes. they're always skeptical. Right. You know, imagine if you had to, you know, Andrea be around and maybe, I don't know, maybe you do, but be around somebody that was like, are you speaking into that microphone thing today? Right. You ain't got nothing better to do you'd be like okay you know what because you seem a little sassy yeah you'd be like all right i think we're gonna limit time yeah with this person because that's rude yes it is and, and, some, and sometimes fyi they need to be called out yes i'm not very good at that but i'm good it's I'm hard gonna, it's hard better. it's not it easy is. it's not easy because no. everything you say especially us is going to be disrespectful right right so yeah. it's going to be really difficult to walk that line and you have to figure out for you what boundary you're going to set with that so yes. maybe that means you know what i ain't got nothing nice to say to that person so i'm just not going to be around them yes at all and that's okay too yeah whatever that looks like for you as long as it's not passive aggressive and mean yeah I think yes. it's important to but say no. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. So that's like my first one. 
Um, I think um, for the second boundary setting tip is that recognize that every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Um, don't feel obligated to do anything um, in this life more. Don't don't feel obligated to do anything in this life that you feel like you have to do. Yes. Because um, I looked at the definition of obligated mm-hmm. and that's like being morally and legally bound. Mm-hmm. What? Like that to me just sounds like very official yeah very un- impersonal mm-hmm. and yes of course there's certain things in this life that we have to do yeah but one of them doesn't have to be like being around you know doing things that just drain your energy yeah um i think that hopefully with a lot of the things in life that we don't have to do that mm-hmm. isn't like a moral or a legal issue yeah you hope that you can actually just be able to say no i don't want to do that like that's taking of my energy because every time i say yes to this thing i'm saying no to being able to spend more time with my kids yes you know or not being able to go christmas shopping yeah on time yeah you know or not being able to get that turkey for thanksgiving right (laughs) you know from the butcher yes So I feel like people just need to realize that you don't have to say yes to things that are just going to drain you because you only have so much time. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Girl. Oh, my gosh. I love it. People need to, like, have this on replay. Girl, 1130 musings last night. Right. <laughs> Coffee comes alive. I come alive, yes. girl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so funny. So, um, all right. So there are some questions that yes. I ask all my guests. Yes. So I'm going to ask you to... Please do. First one is, are there spaces where you feel the most genuinely seen and heard? Like, where do you feel safe and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think a lot of jobs, but I think especially helping professionals, we're not usually the one that's being seen. No. And (laughs) we don't necessarily. It's not about us. No, it's not about us. Um, and we don't necessarily create those spaces for ourselves. No, right. So do you have that? Yeah, I would say so. I think yeah. I have that with like my community of friends. Yeah. Like I feel like I can reach out to anybody, yeah. you know, anybody in my phone. I think um, that's become like a safe space, mm-hmm. so to speak, where I can just like text or call or um, FaceTime the mm-hmm. beauty of technology. I can do all those things and just know mm-hmm. that somebody is going to be there on the other end of the phone. Yeah. It doesn't need to be this person, but it can be this person. Yeah. And that's, like, a beautiful thing. I think, honestly, like, uh, Facebook groups and, like, mastermind groups, um, I'm awful at descriptions, but a mastermind pretty much for people who don't know, who mm-hmm. aren't affiliated with the entrepreneurial world, but mm-hmm. it's a group of people in like-minded professions who come together to brainstorm, to motivate each other, to work towards a common goal mm-hmm. um, in business um, and in life, mm-hmm. um, and basically to better themselves, and you get a community along with them. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, along with it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's like some pe- sometimes people mix masterminds with like group coaching programs, which is where there's like a module and like very specific task oriented, yeah. where you're working towards learning the specific skill yeah. each week. Where masterminds traditionally are like a collective. Yeah, like you're a, all kind of on the same level yes, and you're working yes, together and then cheering yes. each other on, and cheering each other yeah. on, like same income goals, and it's just another way to build community. So I feel like I have found spaces to be seen and heard within that context. Yeah mastermind programs, coaching programs, um, and Facebook groups. Yeah. There's a few really good ones that are super engaged mm-hmm. where, cause I think Facebook groups are becoming, like, we're just inundated yeah. with them. And yeah. so it's hard to figure out which ones are kind of worth in being involved in. Cause it kind of gets exhausting to like post in a Facebook group and nobody says anything. Yes. And that's fine, but you know, people saw it because sometimes right. there's those like, <laughs> where there's that icon <laughs> at the bottom where it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I'm like 42 people. Right. And none of y'all, 
and none of y'all people said nothing. Nothing, crickets. Y'all are rude. Right. And I'm sure I've been one of those rude people too because I just get fatigued. Yeah. So I think that those are the spaces that I feel yeah. most seen and heard. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think social media, you know, gets a bad rap, but there is community oh, to be had. There is. You just have to, like anything else, set boundaries, yes. find the right people, yes. all of those things. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Love it. So if people, we kind of just talked about this, but if people are looking for more genuine, real connection, mm-hmm. um, what are some thoughts about that? How do they go about doing that? Um, more genuine, um, real connection. Um, I would say, um, again, like I would say Facebook groups, coaching programs, mastermind. Yeah. Um, even if you are like in your career, it could still benefit you from joining one or all of those things because yes. there's always something you can learn and you never know what you could be inspired to do. Yeah. You know, Andrea, I don't know. You know, you've obviously been influenced by social media because podcasting, I bet you never thought three years ago, four years ago, right, that you would be fitting podcasting into your schedule on a weekly basis. No. And what I, I think, I don't know if this stops a lot of people, but it stopped Mm -hmm. me to, from joining like community business minded mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. I'm like well this isn't a business this is just like my little hobby and I'm not like right, making right, right. the money to- totally get it but after I just like got over myself and was like well this is my thing if yes. I call it a business it is a, it is a business though. it's a little side gig it's a whatever you want right. to call it and just get over whatever you're thinking about yourself that is making you not join yes. or not step into those circles right. because someday it might be a legit money making venture absolutely and you gotta like kind of live into that yeah. possibility 100, 100%. Um, and connect with the people that are gonna like network you yes, and get there and yes, encourage you yes. and whatever and I've only found positivity and connection yeah, by doing that yep um so yeah get out of your head people yes and yes connect. because and there's this um other podcaster her name is um I think it's called mm, side hustle pro I think that podcasting is her main gig mm-hmm. and all of her episodes I'm pretty sure are like sponsored. Mm-hmm. Like she makes really good money yeah. just from podcasting. Yeah. So I think if people are willing to put in the time and the effort to build it yeah. and it didn't take like tons of time either for her. So yeah. I just feel like there's so many possibilities once yeah. you're once you get out of your own head. Yeah. You pretty much. You do. And coffee um, dates with strangers from Instagram. FYI. That helps. That's another way to, you know, really get out there and, like, be in community yeah. is to just do that. Well, so when people, a couple people, you were one of them, just connected with me. I was like, you want to meet for, and I was like, do I? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I do. <laughs> and then my husband was like, what are you doing today? That's hilarious. I was like, well, I'm going to go have coffee with this person I don't know. And, um... <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to be super fun. Yeah. And th- people were just like, what? Isn't it so interesting? It's so great. Oh I mean, God. the minute you just kind of, like, again, just get out of your, your own, own self. Yeah. So I think I, I think our coffee day was like the never ending one. It really was. It was like literally like three and a half. I mean, it was something completely obnoxious. Yeah. Like, I think it was like three and a half hours. Yeah. And it didn't help that we were both like, yeah, we don't have a whole lot to do after this. So. <laughs> this is it for today. <laughs> yep, we're there forever. Yeah, coffee shops love that. Yes, I've heard. they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one cup of coffee and four yeah. hours later. Hilarious. Oh. They do, and I think they, they help foster that community. Yes. There isn't that sense of you need to leave. No. You're not buying anything. I didn't feel it. No, no. no. I, I love it. I my ass yes, there that. all day long. <laughs> uh, you were just parked. Yep. <laughs> um, so if people saw a list of your roles and titles, mm-hmm. accomplishments, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. just a list of yeah. them, what do they miss? Oh, man. What's between the lines? 
I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I am a trip. Um, if you are in my inner circle and you're somebody I love, like mm-hmm. I'm fiercely protective mm-hmm. of the ones I love and I don't like when people get messed over. Mm-hmm. Um effed over mm-hmm. I like that. that feels a little bit more better <laughs> yeah. I don't like for any of anybody in my life to feel taken advantage of because I am a person that will speak up for myself if yeah. I feel and so I the catch 22 is that if you're in my circle and I care about you and somebody's talking shit oh yeah I, I'm gonna say something it doesn't need to be mean it doesn't need to be like mean-spirited but it's yeah. just like hold on a second yes. Re- reverse yes let me address that real quick yeah. and not in a mean way but just like hey like what do you you know do, that's not true or like I'm a person that will speak up I wasn't yeah. always like that because I think it's very intimidating mm-hmm. it is you know it can be intimidating to call people out and on their bullshit but there yeah. is a way to do it where people don't feel you know like shit yeah because <laughs> yes. I don't want that either because right. it doesn't solve anything yeah um but I think that I'm fiercely I'm just fiercely protective of people that I love um I am not passive aggressive uh-huh I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I'm blunt. Yeah. But I say, I, I, like, I think because of my social work background, I know how to talk to people. Yes. You know, um, you never have to worry about where you stand with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're wondering, just ask, because mm-hmm. I will tell you. Yes. I will tell you without any fear yeah. of what it is that you might have to say in response. So if somebody asks me, like, oh, hey, like, I noticed that you haven't been talking to me lately or whatever. Oh, I, I will tell you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been busy. Or, girl, just to be honest, you're draining me. Right. Yes. It's so refreshing. You know? Yes. Like, I think that people need to hear the truth. Yes. And maybe you don't say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think just telling people, like, you know what? I feel like you often dump on me. Yep. So yeah. I want to hear what you have going on. Yeah. But I just can't always manage it. Yeah. So it's nothing, I guess it's nothing, like, super personal. It's not yeah. like this malicious reason. It's no. just, this is just how you present yourself. And this is why I'm distancing myself. Yeah. Boundaries, y'all. Yes. It's key. Yes, it's key. No, you do have a way. Of, it's I try. another one of your superpowers. It's hard. It's to not easy. direct and kind and loving. I try. And direct. <laughs> and direct. And direct. Because I feel I don't like, I mean, sometimes I am guilty of adding in some fluff just to make sure that the person understands it is not coming from, but I really have been trying to ixnay yeah. the fluff because yeah. people don't often need it. People can handle it. It might sting people can initially, but it. they can handle it and yes. they will appreciate you for it because they never have to wonder where you stand. Yeah. I love that. So... Okay, the last question is, and it's my favorite one, mm-hmm. favorite things. What are you loving right now that's just, like, giving you life and making you happy? Oh, yes. yes. I okay, love I love this one. Okay, I am loving right now an iced matcha green tea latte with almond milk, specifically, um, from Starbucks. I do make it myself at home, but mm-hmm. I just, that's just one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah, um, iced Matcha, matcha green, green tea, tea latte, latte Starbucks. Yep, without with almond milk. With yep. almond milk. It's love so it. good. Yep. Um, I'm continuing to read The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. I just love the sassiness of the title. Yes. It's so sassy. If you want to borrow it, let me know. Um, I'm pretty much almost done with it. I love it. It was like an airplane, like yeah. read, you know, but it's but it's a good I mean, he has a lot of really good things to say. Yeah. Mark Mark Manson. Yeah. moves along. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. And he has a lot of good anecdotes. I mean, you don't necessarily agree with everything, yeah. but you're never going to. But yeah. there's really good stuff to keep in mind. Love it. What other things? Oh, I have a whole list. I've been binge watching Netflix shows um, yes. lately. What's your fave? Oh, right now, I just finished The Haunting of Hill House. Do that you sounds... not like scary? It is. 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a weird dichotomy of I listen constantly to true crime podcasts. Oh, yeah, those are really good. But I don't want to watch your the scary, scary show, show, your scary movie. You're I don't want to go to a haunted house. You just want to listen to the story. I just want to listen to the real awful, which is probably <laughs> makes me just as, like a serial killer. I don't know. but <laughs> No, but I think it is different listening to it so, than watching it. Yeah. It's way different. I cannot watch a scary movie. Yeah, I cannot okay. read a scary book. That is so interesting. No, but I'll listen to murder all day long. Oh, I and I've been really, you got me hooked on, um, what is Stay Sexy, Don't Get Murdered? Yes. Uh, I had to buy tickets this morning. Oh, wait, they didn't do, do a live, live podcast? They're coming to Detroit. <gasps> when? In February. Oh, I need to buy tickets. We're going. We're going. We're I going. need to buy now, tickets. Are, yes, um, we got to wrap this up because I'm, I'm going. <laughs> and I've also heard enough of their live shows and I'm like, oh, I'm in there. Oh. It's so good. So fun. It's so fun. Yes, my so good. Partner. They have this like weird cult of people that follow them. Because yes. I never thought that I would be one of those. Oh, but you're a murderino. Oh, I'm, I'm a murderino 100%. And I love their humor and their banter at the beginning of the show. They're just so funny. So, yes. yes. I've been on True Crime Podcast. Those are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other podcasts I'm loving, other than um, Taking the Middle Seat, of course. Sure, sure. I've been loving the Jenna Kutcher podcast and, yes. um, of course, and then the Skinny Confidential podcast. Um, that's with Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick. Um, so the Skinny Confidential is a blog, a brand, a book, um, and she just gives, like, lifestyle tips. But it's not, like, super, it's not, like, you know, super superficial. It's, like, okay. a good mix of, like, healthy living recommendations yeah. and what she's wearing, what she's eating, yeah. what things she, is she loving, what books are she lo- is she loving. She interviews tons of amazing people on her podcast. Nice. Um, and she interviewed, like, Dr. Dennis Gross, the okay. skincare, like, dermatologist. Mm-hmm. And so she interviewed him. She's interviewed so many, like, interesting people. Very cool. Her podcast like is really cool. Finding people like that that yeah. are not annoying. No. You know. No, and they're funny. Yes. They're both really funny. That like helps. she calls her husband like panicky Susan because he like because <laughs> he's always like on edge when they travel and just like just in panic, you know. So I just love their banter and they're yes. super cute. Very they're very cool. cute. She's like your girl's girl and he's like your guy's guy, but he's still very open minded. He's still a feminist. It's just yeah. so cool. Like their very cool their relationship. And then I'm in loving cold pressed juices. Yes. I've been loving like some good cold pressed juices. Um, do you make your own? No. Oh, no. Okay. I probably could save. I don't even want to think about how much You're money I'm so saving. Expensive. It is probably one of the most elitist things that I do. <laughs> that is so elitist. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, I think it's awesome if people cold press their own juices, yeah. but I don't have the patience for all the pulp and the cutting and the no. chopping. And the cleaning and, of the 17,000 parts no, of the juice. No, it is so not efficient. No. They no. need to come up with a juicer where it's like self-cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. then I would buy it. I am not motivated to juice on my own. So I just buy it from this um, store in Grand Haven, whoop, whoop, called Bodie... Bodhi, yes, Bodin, Bod, it's not Bodin, but B B O D H I. Yes, yeah, it's like a juice place, and it's so good. And um, yeah, and I think I can't remember in Grand Rapids. I love Malamaya Juice Bar in the downtown yes. market. Yep, I remember um, me. The owner spoke at this um, workshop I was at, and they just have a beautiful family, fantastic story. So I just love cold pressed juices. Yes. I have to get one in for the day. Yeah, otherwise I feel incomplete. It's so yummy. It's so especially when it's mixed with. All the things. Yes. So. I, I have to tell you my super quick cold pressed juice story. What is it? Went to the farmer's market. Okay. They were there, the Bodie okay. people. Super oh, cute. Oh, they were there. Did they come all the way here? Yeah. Wow. She was standing there with her little yes. juice. And I was like, well, that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'll get not paying attention. This is like true Andrea style. I don't pay one bit of attention to how much this is going to cost me. And I'm just like, well, I'll just take one of that and one of that. (laughs) (laughs) And a couple of those. And this is great. (laughs) And put it in a bag. And she was like, that's going to be $72. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then I was too embarrassed to be like, oh, actually, no, I just want one. How do you back out of that? I was like, yes, of course it is, because there's so much health in those bottles. And you clearly worked very hard to cold press. so funny. So, yes, of course, I didn't bring $72 in cash for my cauliflower, but I'll just charge that. Oh, my God. Oh, can you imagine? So I get home, like, texting my face casted my friend whatever yeah, that's yeah. called and it was like oh you were not gonna believe what I just spent <laughs> she was like do you want the carrier for six dollars more I was like well sure we're sure tag that on the bill too <laughs> who cares <laughs> at this point I'm like 72 dollars deep so let's just keep this going just sure that yes. is so funny it is exact the cool th- yeah the cool thing with Bodie is that you can like bring I have like seven bottles but you can bring them back for two bucks per bottle yeah so that's the cool thing yes that she is did the- explain that to me and I was like well I better bring these <laughs> bottles back make it worth your while Seriously. isn't that crazy oh, yeah so cold press juices are not for no, the but part. it is a delicious treat and it does oh make you feel gosh. just like I'm so, the healthiest person on the oh planet oh my god yeah. I feel like I'm the epitome of health yeah when I drink a good cold Slug press that juice down. yes well, Topsy, I could not love you more, as you know. I love you, too. And I'm so excited we got to chat this Yes, this Thank was you so, so amazing. Much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We will have you back. Yes. You're going to keep coaching us through life. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. make you want to take on the whole freaking world her confidence and positivity and sass as she calls it and realness light me up you'll be happy to know that we scored those tickets to the my favorite murder live show in february i know you were worried i just wanted to let you know if you're a fellow murderino and you're going to the show please let me know ssdgm people you gotta let me know who's out there So here's your homework, not just the Margarinos, everybody's homework. I want you to save this episode and play it on repeat when you need a little reminder to stay aligned with your purpose and your peace throughout the holidays and into the new year. Remember all the things that Topsy told us to do. Choose your mindset, set those boundaries, do only the things that fill you up. So go forth and follow Topsy on social media. Share taking the middle seat with your people. The holidays are a perfect time for this. You're sitting around with a plate of cream cheese face dips. All the things on the plate. Eating and talking and eating and talking. And you're probably going to talk about podcasts. So throw in a little comment about taking the middle seat. They'll love it. It's like a gift wrapped up with a sparkly bow. I'm pretty sure my next episode is going to be a gift guide. So stay tuned for that fab gift guide, and I'll be back real soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat.